Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. Great to have all of you guys here with us today. My name's Kevin. I'm one of the staff pastors here at Life Church, and I'm excited to be able to bring the word this morning. I want to thank Pastor Aaron for giving me the opportunity. Uh, very honored to be able to speak to you guys. I want to take a second, too, and welcome all of our campuses. Welcome online campus. It's great to have you with us. Also, our West Campus and our Appleton Campus. Can we give them a huge hand? You know, it's great to be one church, many different locations. It's really, really cool. So if you guys are away, be sure to check out the online campus and, and join us in that way. So today's message, if I were to give it a title, it would be called The Comeback. The Comeback. So if you're taking notes in any way, you can write down The Comeback. You get a bigger mansion in heaven if you take notes. Just saying. I don't know where that is in the Bible, but I'm just saying. But uh, if you're taking notes, it will be called The Comeback. How many of you guys love a good comeback story? Maybe it's a movie, maybe it's something like that. One of my all-time favorite comeback stories, I would say, would have to be Happy Gilmore. Okay, judge me later, people. Come on now, please, all right? It's the perfect balance of a hockey player meeting golf. I mean, he won tournaments with a, with a hockey stick as a putter. Okay, it was pretty cool, right? Nope, I guess not. Okay. Okay, the Patriot. Anybody? Some of the men are like, yeah, it's my movie. All right. Okay. I mean, there's, remember the Titans? I mean, there's, we could go all day and name these. Some of you guys are like, I'm watching one of those when I get home. They are just, there's just some great comeback stories uh, in our history. And you know why I think we love comeback stories so much is, is because we put ourselves in the place of the underdog or whoever that is that is coming back. And today that's, one of, that's what I want to talk about is basically how we go through life constantly trying to fight to come back from different decisions that we've made, different uh, maybe issues that we have, uh, to come back to different dreams that maybe God had given us a long time ago. There's constantly a battle that we have to fight to come back to where God wants us to be. So we're going to jump right in. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. If you got your app on your phone, that'll work too. If you don't have your Bible with us, no worries. We're going to have uh, the scriptures up on the screen for you to be able to follow along uh, with us there as well. Again, Judges chapter 16. As you are turning there, I just want to give background of the character that I'm going to be talking about today. His name is Samson. Okay, now I know most of you have heard the story of Samson. I love the story of Samson. It's probably one of the biggest comeback stories in history. Okay, it's just an incredible comeback story, and that's what I want to look at today. But I just want to give you a little bit of background about Samson, which most of you probably already know. But uh, just to give you a, a, just a synopsis of his life and what happened before uh, what, are, what I'm going to pick up in the scriptures. Uh, basically, Samson was a judge in Israel, okay? And judges in Israel, their job was to not only administer justice, as a judge would do uh, in, in our time today, but he was also a leader in the military, so he was like this mighty warrior, okay? From birth, he had this calling from God to be able to protect Israel and protect them from the Philistines, which were their main enemy at this time. That was like his calling from God. He had this supernatural strength that God gave him. God basically uh, said from a young age, I'm setting you apart. I'm calling you to do these different things in life. And I'm going to give you this strength. And the strength that obviously came from God, but he said it's going to be in your hair, Never cut your hair, and your strength will come from that. I think Clay Matthews has something like this. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a God thing or not. It may be. Some of the singles are like, yep, mm -hmm, sure is. Is he single, by the way? I don't know. 
<laughs> Somebody's like, yeah, he sure is. Keeping tabs on that, you know. All right. But he had this supernatural strength from his hair. Okay, and he continued throughout life. And Samson was somebody who, although he was in this really high position, like God had really blessed him a lot, he did like to get into trouble. He made some pretty bad decisions in life. It says that uh, basically he went over to the enemy territory, over to the Philistines, and he met this girl there. He met a Philistine girl, and he wound up marrying this girl. And he knew that this was the wrong decision. He knew he shouldn't have done it. And long story short, it didn't work out. He left her. The Philistines actually wound up killing her and his father-in-law for even being with Samson. Um, crazy thing is, I think Samson was probably on the most wanted list amongst the Philistine people group, okay? He was one that they wanted to kill because he had conquered so many of the Philistines before this. And just to give you an example of Samson's strength, and I know many of you guys know this, but he ripped a lion in half. Okay? Pretty crazy. That, that makes no sense. Some of you look at me like you see this every day. He ripped a lion in half. The guy was crazy strong. Okay? He had said he killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. I don't know where you would find a jawbone of a donkey just laying around, but the dude was strong, okay? He had a supernatural gift from God, but he continued to make poor decisions in his life. It randomly says in the book of Judges that, and then he went to be with a prostitute. Like it randomly, it says like he, he continued to be a judge, and then he went to be with a prostitute. He continued to make these bad decisions. And how many of you know that stuff, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. It was something that led up to him doing that. It was continual uh, poor decisions that he was making that led up to this big mistake. And then after that, he met a girl and her name was Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. Anyways, but he met Delilah, okay? And Delilah had I think she had a little bit different intentions than he had, okay? He was just fixated upon her. He was infatuated with her beauty, all of these different things. But Delilah had a different purpose in meeting Samson. She kind of wanted to have this national hero status that, you know what, I'm going to lure him in, and then we're going to take him captive, okay? She had this whole different mindset, but Samson was blinded to that, and he didn't see that. He just saw this beautiful girl saying, hey, and he's like, okay, so I'm going to go get to know her. So he does that. He gets to know her, and they're dating, I guess you can say, and uh, I'm about to pick up in the story in the Bible, but basically she, night after night, would say, Samson, what, how, how do you have this amazing strength? Like, how, do, how does this happen? How did you do all of this stuff? What, what has God given you that, that gives you the ability to just have this incredible strength. And he would continue to lie to her. Night after night, he would say, well, you know what? If you, if you tie fresh ropes around my arm, then I'm done. You know what I mean? And they did that. They tied the ropes, and he broke the ropes and killed the Philistines when they came in to get them. I mean, he was, he was crazy, okay? The last time that she asked is where I want to pick up in the scriptures. It's Judges 16, and we're going to pick up with verse 15 if you have your Bibles with you. Again, if you don't, it's going to be on the screen as well. It says, then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time that you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. 
If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I will become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more, he's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding grain in the prison, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much. God, for what you're doing today. Uh, I pray that this will be your words and not mine. God, I pray that we would all leave different than what we came in. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, we all love a comeback story. And obviously, where I paused in this story, there's a need for a pretty big comeback in Samson's life. You know, one of the greatest modern-day comeback stories of, of our time, I believe, is Steve Jobs. And most of you have seen the movie. Uh, a lot of you have read his biography. A lot of you know the story of Steve Jobs. Whether you're an Apple fan or not, you would have to say, wow, that's, that's a pretty incredible comeback. I mean, the dude at the age 21, he co-founded Apple Computers, all right? And then at the age of 23, he became a millionaire. And that, being a millionaire meant a lot more in, in his time than it does in ours. It was a pretty big deal. He had really taken off. People were starting to recognize and notice Apple computers. And then he began to just continue to grow in his career and grow this company. And then it came to a point to where some of his decisions uh, basically led to his board firing him from his own company that he started. Craziest thing ever. I, I can't imagine the... the failure he must have felt for his own board to fire him from the company that he started. ABC covered a story of this, and this was just kind of a quote that Steve said. He said, I was out and very publicly out, he recalled in a commencement speech at Stanford University. What had been the focus of my entire adult life was gone, and it was devastating, he added. I was a very public failure. I was a very public failure. Think about that. Steve Jobs, one of the, as we see, is he used to be one of the most successful people of our time. He had this huge failure in our life. There was a need for this big comeback. You know, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, it could either be on a huge scale or on a smaller scale. At times in our life, we are all in need of a comeback. We all need a comeback of some sort. Some of you in life, you've had these huge dreams of what God's going to do in and through you, and you just, you, you, you tried at one point, and then maybe you stopped trying, and, and you're in need of a comeback. Maybe some of you said, you know what, I just want to be a good husband or a good wife, and you feel like you've kind of failed a little bit in that area, and you're in need of a comeback. Some of you, it could be on a much bigger scale to where you've lost your family, or your parents have disowned you. I mean, huge things of maybe decisions that you've made that you're in need of a really big comeback. But I think we can all say at times in our life, we have to have a comeback to get back to that place that we know God wants us to be in. 
Now, you know, I know that uh, some of you in here, there's been things that have happened in your life that you didn't choose to happen, maybe cards that you've been dealt that have just been some of the worst things that have happened to you. And I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about the things that we have done, the decisions that we have made that's kind of dug a hole for us to need a comeback, although there is still a comeback, even though other people have done things to you that are wrong as well. So what I want to do is just, I want to look into this story of Samson a little bit deeper and see the things that he did, and there's even things that aren't in here that I'm guessing he would have to do to have a comeback in his life from this horrible thing that has happened to him. Again, I'm going to just go through some things, and I've got some, uh, if you're taking notes, I've got some uh, just key things that I believe we have to do for a comeback. Here's the first thing that I think Samson had to do. I think that he had to come to the end of himself. And for a comeback, I believe that you have to come to the end of yourself. You know, in verse 17, it says that basically Samson was set apart unto God. From a young age, from birth, man, his, his mom had a, had a vision too as well of, of him just being set apart unto God. And I believe as well that we are all supposed to be set apart unto God in our life. And you know, that, that means different things for different people. I know some people think that, man, I, I need to be set apart. I don't need to be in the world. <laughs> I only need to hang out with people in the church. I don't need to get around those crazy people that go to bars and stuff. It, it, I don't think it's saying that. I think what it's saying is to be set apart from yourself. Think about that for a second. Set apart from yourself. Who got Samson into this hole that he was in in the first place? Samson did. If many of you were honest, who was the one that got you into the place where you're in need of a comeback in the first place? And we, we continually do that at times. And there's continual things that we struggle with every day. And there's monumental failures that we've had in life. It's us. It's us. It's saying there, there needs to be uh, a point where we come to the end of ourselves. You know, Paul writes about all through Scripture uh, but he says that we need to die to ourself, that daily we need to crucify our flesh. And I know that would sound very strange for someone who is just coming into church. What are you talking about? Crucify your flesh. It's dying to your sinful nature. How many of you guys know we were all born into sin? Okay, we were all born with a sinful nature. My two and a half year old son, he is a sinner. He will lie to you. He will, he will do all of those things. If you have kids, you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are born into sin. We were all born into sin. We have a sinful nature about us that we have to constantly fight. If we made every single decision and thought that we, we thought about doing, we would probably be in a lot of trouble. I would probably be in jail if I did everything that I thought and wanted to do, okay? Even yesterday, driving to church, there was this... Uh, I'll call him a gentleman. Um, we were, <laughs> I was driving to church, and this gentleman was way behind me, and I switched lanes in front of him, and apparently he thought I cut him off, and he came by and cut me off with the, with the finger, and I was like, hey. And I want, in my mind, and don't judge me, people. In my mind, I wanted to run him off the road. I wanted to run him into the ditch and then get out and have a few words for him. Somebody just gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> 
But think about that. If we did every little thing that we wanted to do, I'm telling you, it's in my blood, people. I couldn't do it. I have a family member. This is a true story. All right. We were actually, our family was watching cops one day and we saw that it was taking place in Georgia. And it's like, oh, how about that? It's in Georgia. And so we were watching it. My mom's like, oh my goodness, that's my hometown. And it was one of these, it was one of these stories to where the dude is like running from the cops forever in his car and you can tell he's drunk, he's swerving everywhere. Then they finally, he gets into an accident, he gets out of the car and they handcuff him and then he runs again and is like doing like flips and they're trying to catch him. It was crazy. It winds up being my mom's cousin. Like we see the name at the bottom, she's like, and I'm like, what? So it is in my blood. I can't, if I made every little decision that I wanted to make, I'm telling you, I would probably be in a lot of trouble. And if we're honest with ourselves, we cannot follow every little inkling that we have to do. We can't do it. Let me put this in a different perspective for you. The church of Satan has like nine principles that they go by, Okay. And the first principle that they go by essentially says, do what you feel like doing. At all times, do what you feel like doing. Think about that for a second. The complete opposite, the enemy of who we are serving, the exact opposite of what the word of God is saying is saying, do what you feel like doing. And it says in our word, do not do what you feel like doing. Do what you feel like God wants for you to do. Fight that sinful nature. Continue to die to yourself. You have to come to the end of yourself to be able to have a comeback. That's part of what God wants to happen in our lives. Secondly, you can't let current circumstances determine your destiny. You can't let current circumstances determine your destiny. You know what? I, I can imagine Samson in this moment feeling like a complete failure. You know, he was at this point in life where he was at a high position. People respected him a lot. Um, he was doing what God had called him to do in his life. All of these things were taking place, and then all of a sudden this happens because of the decisions that he made. His eyes are gouged out. His hair is cut off. He's now bald. All of those dreams and visions and supernatural strength, everything there was gone, and he was a slave. You know what? It would have been easy for him to give up. And say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with trying. I'm done with life. I'm tired of this. Forget it all. Some of you came in here today and you felt like giving up. Whatever that is for you, whether it be a dream to, to, to do something one day that, that God has spoken to you. Uh, maybe some of you at a young age, you were called into ministry or something like that. And you just never have gotten to it. Maybe some of you, it's just to be a good father or a good mother and, and you just feel like, man, I just haven't gotten to it and it's so hard, I just feel like giving up. Don't let your current circumstances determine your destiny. You know, at this point, I can't imagine Samson. He, he literally cannot see. And I'm sure there's, in his mind, it seems like there's no way out. But I believe he knew that he had God. I believe that he knew that he still had God in that moment. There's always a way out. 
Know that. There's always a way out of your current circumstances. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has plans for your life. He has certain things that he has called you to do and to be. And even though you've gotten off track and you've dug a hole for yourself, I'm telling you there's always a way back. There's always a path that God will say, look, this is the way to get back to the path that I have for you. God always has a way out of your current circumstances to be able to fulfill what he has for you in life. You know, then I think the most important thing happened. It's the third point today. You have to accept God's forgiveness. You have to accept God's forgiveness. Now, during this time, this was before Jesus, so uh, they used to make sacrifices in order to take their sins before God and ask for forgiveness. But obviously, Samson wasn't able to do that. But I do believe he probably had a conversation with God. I do believe there was some repentance in his heart of saying, I'm tired of living this way. I know I've lost everything, but God, I want to give my life back to you. We have Jesus now of those mistakes that we've made, those decisions that that we've made, those things that we've done, we have Jesus now to come back to and to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what's crazy? In verse 20, it says that the Lord left him. I think Samson, he, it's almost like he, he continued in life and he continued with all this sin and all of these wrong decisions until he woke up one day and he felt like God had left him. God had left him, but God wasn't far away. God wasn't far away. Some of you, from the decisions that you've made, you feel like God is just gone, that God may be out of the picture. And this is some of you that have had just a, a failure or decisions on a pretty big scale. But let me tell you, God is right there. He's right there waiting for you. You know, the other day, my son had a golf club in the living room. That's always fun, right? It was plastic, okay? So he had a golf club. He loves golf. I love golf. Anyways, he was swinging it, and he decided to begin to hit mommy's Ikea lamp as hard as he could, and he just kept going. And I said, London, put the golf club up. You're done with the golf club for today. You would have thought his life ended. I mean, he broke down. He had shame. He put his hands over his eyes. He was like, He loves his golf club, okay? And you're like, what? But if you have kids, you understand. I mean, you would have thought his world had just crashed before him. He had nothing left. But, man, he had shame. He had all of these things. And I was right there the whole time. Now, there were consequences that took place. You have to know that, that your actions do have consequences. Your decisions in life, they do have consequences. And some things may not ever be the same as they once could have been because of your decision. London didn't get his golf club back that day. Samson, he never got to see physically what God had for him. There's always consequences for your decisions, but you have to realize that God is still right there. God is still right there. London, afterwards, he comes up to me immediately. He said, I'm sorry, daddy. I'm sorry. And he just wanted a hug from me. And I think about our heavenly father, how there are times that we mess up, There are times that we aren't the person that we could be. There are times that we make wrong decisions. There are times that we do that stuff. But God is just looking for us to come up and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've messed up. And then the most important thing, to accept his forgiveness. I forgave London like that after he he did that silly mistake. 
The Bible says that after we have sinned, after we have done those things, when we go to Jesus, it says that, that God forgets them. That it's washed white as snow, that all of those mistakes, those failures, all of those different things, that he completely forgets them. Yes, we may have scars from them. Yes, we may have different things that uh, the, the consequences stick. But God is right there for us saying, you know what? I can still guide you into the destiny that I have for you. No matter what that looks like for you. You know, lastly today, you have to keep pushing forward in order for a comeback. You have to keep pushing forward in order for a comeback. You know, the Bible says that Samson basically was grinding grain. This is what they had him do. He was blind, he was bald, he was in shackles, and he was grinding grain. And if you look up what that would look like back in this time period, it was basically a wheel that he would push day after day, and he would keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. It was humiliating. He was a person of, of high stature, and they had him pushing grain and grinding grain. But the most powerful thing that he did is he continued to push. He knew somehow, some way, God was going to get him out of this. That if he did what was right, that God was going to get him out of this. I think for some of you guys that are here, that sometimes it seems impossible that God's going to get you out. But if you just keep pushing, if you daily just keep pushing and get out the word of God and begin to read what he has for you. If you just keep pushing and get down on your hands and knees and begin to speak to him and have this relationship with him that he has called us to. If you keep pushing day after day after day, he'll begin to move in your life. This is so powerful. Verse 22. It says that the hair on his head began to grow again. The hair on his head began to grow again. As you all know, Steve Jobs at the end, he was hired back. He was able to walk into his company again. And the rest is history. And it became the wealthiest company in the world. So he kept pushing. He didn't give up. Samson's hair began to grow again. I think day after day as he's pushing and grinding this grain, he probably began to fill his head and begin to feel a stubble come up. And he continued to push and push and he began to feel his hair grow back. And I think it's probably a moment where he broke down and said, God, I'm so undeserving. I don't deserve this, but you're letting my hair grow back anyway. You're giving me my dreams back anyway. You're, you're showing me that I still have a plan in this life. Life, even though my eyes are gouged out, I'm not going to be able to see it, but you're showing me this anyway. I think in many of your life, and again, it could be where you failed on a small scale or on a big monumental scale, but I'm telling you, God is wanting your dreams to continue to grow. God is wanting for a comeback to take place in your life. He's just wanting you to keep pushing forward. He wants for you to keep following his word. He wants for you to keep coming to church as much as you can, to stay around other people who are on fire for him. He's not wanting you to give up because he still has a plan for you to be the best mom or dad that you can be, 
he still has a plan for you to change this world and the creative dreams and visions that he's given you a long time ago. He still has a plan for you to come into a relationship with him. You know, Samson, one day, they called him out from, from grinding this grain, and they got all of the Philistines together, and there were 3,000 of them, the Bible says. And as you guys know from the story, it was the top leaders of the Philistines. This was everybody. It was the greatest military leaders, the greatest leaders in their government, and this was all the who's who of the Philistines that came together, and they said, we're going to completely humiliate Samson. We're going to completely humiliate him. He's going to come in this arena and they took him in this building and they stuck him right in the middle. They put him in between the two load-bearing columns of the building. Samson's standing there. He can't see what's going on. He hears the crowd around him. He hears the laughter. He feels the spit come on him. He, he feels the whip. come. On, I mean, they're probably beating him and doing all of these things. And little did he know that his preparation of pushing and grinding that grain every single day was going to lead him to the destiny that God had for him. The training that he had of pushing every single day, he began to fill these columns beside him. And this supernatural strength of God came over him. He began to push and push and push. And you guys know the story. Everything collapsed. All 3,000, including Samson himself, died. The crazy thing is he was able to defeat more of the enemy that he had in his life that day than ever before in his entire lifetime. That's how God works. Though he couldn't see it, though it seemed impossible to him, God had an incredible comeback for him. Though it was something that he, he probably questioned, how am I going to be able to make a difference? How am I going to be able to, to do this again, which I once was able to do or once was given the dream to be able to do? And God gave him the way to do that. He didn't know the preparation was taking place, but it was. I'm telling you today that God has a great comeback for you, whether it's on a smaller scale or a monumental scale. He has a comeback for you to be the person that he has called you to be. Whoever you are in here, whatever that is, man, don't give up. Keep pushing forward. Stay in the word of God. Speak to him. Listen to his voice. I'm telling you, there's a comeback waiting for you. If we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. You know, there's some of you here you would say, you know what, I heard you talking about this story and I don't feel like I have a relationship with Jesus. That's the greatest comeback story of all time. It's that God sent his only son, Jesus, to this earth and he died as the ultimate sacrifice. Remember, as I said in the Old Testament, they used to have to sacrifice animals in order to be right with God for their sin. Jesus came to be the ultimate sacrifice so that that wouldn't have to happen again and so that anybody and everybody could experience his presence and who he was and experience a relationship with him. That's who Jesus is. He died on that cross, but three days later, he rose from the dead and he lives still today. He is alive and he wants a relationship with 
with you. If that's you in this place and you say, man, I just need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you have stopped following Jesus for a while and you're in need of a comeback in that way. Or maybe you have never had a relationship with Jesus and you want one. I just want for you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand if you're in this place. Thank you. Anybody else want a relationship with Jesus? Thank you. Anybody else? We'll just give you a couple of moments. West Campus, Appleton Campus, online. Just raise your hand right here, Germantown Campus. Just raise your hand. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. In Romans 10, 9, and 10, it tells us to basically, if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose again, and that he lives today, then we will be saved. That begins this relationship with God. And what I'm going to ask you to do is for everybody to say this prayer together. It's not going to be the prayer that saves you, but it's going to be you actually believing in Jesus and who he is and believing that the Bible and what it says about him is true. So let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want to live for you. Please forgive me of all of my sins. I give my life to you. I want to follow you for the rest of my days. Amen. Amen. You know, for the rest of you here, here's what I want to do. I just want to pray for those of you that would say, man, I need a comeback. I need a comeback. Again, it could be on a very small scale. It could be something that you just daily, you've been making mistakes, or it could be something where you're like, man, I'm just not the the person I want to be. I want to be better. I want to be a better father or or mother or wife or husband, or or I want to do the, the thing that God called me to do a long time ago. You may be in here and middle-aged and, and God showed you something at camp a long time ago that you were supposed to do and you've been running that from that for a while and there's a comeback waiting to happen for you. It's never too late. There's always room for a comeback unless you've stopped breathing. There's always room for a comeback. So whether on a, on a huge monumental scale or just a very small scale, if that's you and you say, I just need a comeback, just raise your hand. Don't worry about anybody else looking. Just raise your hand. If you say, that's me, I need a comeback. And just raise it and put it right back down. You say, man, I just need a comeback. Anybody else? Just be honest with yourself and just say, I need a comeback. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I need a comeback. Now's my time for a comeback. Anybody else? I need a comeback. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I need a comeback. Let's pray. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God would give you the ability, the strength, to be able to feel the forgiveness, to be able to do these things in order for this comeback. Jesus, thank you for every single person here. God, I pray for many comebacks to happen today. Many comebacks to happen. God, that we would be the people that you have called us and created us to be. God, I pray that uh, the sin issues, God, that they would begin to leave, that we would be uh, just made strong through our weakness, made strong through you. God, I pray for the decisions that we've made in life that's kind of got us off path. God, that we would just have your strength. God, that we would follow you and just keep pushing forward and let you lead us right back to that destiny that you still have for us. God, we're ready for a comeback and we believe it in the name of Jesus. Amen.